today on Breaking the Panel, we've got another Indiana Jones. I don't know about that. We'll find out. We have a whole bunch of little bits of info to wet your whistle. And then Legends of Tomorrow number one, not what you think it is. All that plus some great Deadpool stuff, Gotham, Daredevil, and more coming up now. The comic book now owns pop culture, and that's a worldwide phenomenon. Film, television, literature, even music. These days, it's all about the comics. I am Arrow. I'm Batman. Supergirl? What does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for, Agent Ward? I am Iron Man. And I am Spider-Man. Oh, smash. We're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. Hey, man, I'm excited to be back here on Breaking the Panel. As always, we have Mr. Klotz. Yo! No longer with the Rocket League, he's gone up to the Astronaut League. And that one failed as in a, as it's coming out of my mouth. It's just like crashing. Yeah. I just that, that was pretty pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I believe in pro pro life, so I, I couldn't stop it. So, Chris Wisdom doing the want want. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little little. It's off base. It's off base. As always, say little. Uh, I don't know why I'm about to call you little Chris Wisdom. You're not. You're not little Chris Wisdom. Chris Wisdom. Hey hey hey. All right. Well, before we get this show back on the rails, we've got some exciting news. We have partnered with Loot Crate. We are excited to partner with Loot Crate. We've been members before. We've gotten a lot of great stuff. I've got stuff on my desk right now. I'm looking at that I got from Loot Crate. Love it. Loot Crate, if you don't know, is already a monthly subscription box service for the epic geek and gamer items and popular culture gear. You're going to get some Funko Pops. You're going to get, I got a scarf with Groot on it, which I really like. Klotz, I believe you have the Groot socks running around, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's other great cool stuff. You get comic books. You get, uh, I got a Terminator head somewhere around in my collection. You get a lot of great stuff there. For less than 20 bucks a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more, as we just illustrated. I got to tell you, the best rate is go for the year. I went for the year. I didn't regret it. Because I saved a ton of money on buying it instead of once a month, which is right at about twenty dollars a box, it drops down to something like twelve bucks a box if you do it at a year. You have until the nineteenth of the month each month to get into the next month's box and or into that month's box rather. You have until the nineteenth of the current month at nine PM Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's loot crate. But then when the cutoff happens, it's all over. Sometimes, cross your fingers, they have some boxes left over and they'll sell them, but most of the time, they're gone. All the good stuff's gone. So get in by the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific. Get yours done. Make sure to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up. That's right. Lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up is where you can sign up and get your subscription going. It's going to help us out in the long run. This month's, everybody know what, you know what this month is going to be, right? Versus. Who, who, who's the versus? Of course, it's going to be Batman versus Superman. Who else? Well, Punisher versus Daredevil. Punisher versus Daredevil. We're going to slip in a little Alien versus Predator. Spock versus the Mirror Universe. Spock, which, come on. That alone makes me go, look great. Instead of, uh, instead of partnering, how about you send me some free stuff? That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's cool. So you got exclusive items in each box. Some of it's wearable. Some of it's uh, toys. Some of it's just really cool stuff. So check out Loot Crate. Again, go to lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up and get on it now. 
So speaking of getting on it, Fox, you want to hit the first headline? I do not. I'm busy signing up for Loot Crate. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chris? Chris, why don't you? And here's the other thing great about being a part of Loot Crate. As, he, as Chris drops his laptop, apparently. Sorry, <laughs> Uh, the great part of being partners with Loot Crate is they don't tell you as a customer, you really don't know what's coming up. You kind of get a theme, but they never really reveal what's going on. We get to tell you ahead of time. You don't know exactly what's going to be, but you finally, this is the first time I've ever heard these are actually the things that are going to be in this box. You know, Punisher versus Daredevil, Batman versus Superman, Harley Quinn versus everybody. So that's, that's really cool. And I'm very excited to be a part of that. So Chris, you know what? If class doesn't want to do it, why don't you do the the Indiana Jones? You know, that's how I have to say Jones from now on because of, of Travis <laughs> over the Blazing Defender Report. All right, so Disney has announced the new Indiana Jones for 2019 release, and it's going to have Spielberg and Harrison Ford reprises his role as Indiana Jones. So for the last, what would you say, last year, there's been a lot of speculation with the uh, the Lucasfilm buyout of when we're going to get a new Indiana Jones, if we're going to get a new Indiana, new Indiana Jones, and if we're going to get an actual new Indiana Jones with names like uh, uh, Chris Pratt bandied around to, of course. to take, over, take over the mantle. Well, all those questions have been answered. We've got a release date of July 19th, 2019 is the target date right now. And Spielberg will helm again, and Harrison Ford will be reprising that role. So let's just hope we don't have any more dog. Uh, is, is Spielberg mean? reprising his role as the power top to <laughs> Indiana Jones's <laughs> bottom? Because, you know... Because South Park needs some more episodes. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> as as so, long as there's nobody swinging with monkeys, I think I'll be okay. Oh man, if if that was if that was only the least of that film's egregious <laughs> sins, um, yeah, cool. I mean, hopefully we just pretend that last one just was a nightmare that Shia woke up from in the middle of the night. Okay, so that that was definitely a problem I had. I, I really disliked Shia LaBeouf. I, I, I hated that. I didn't like his casting. And I thought it was an okay movie if it's Adventure Guy and the Crystal Skull. But being that it was Indiana Jones, it just, it all felt forced. You had Nazis in the beginning. You had him surviving a nuclear blast in a refrigerator, for Christ's sake. You know, you, you had the Jeep chase, you had the snakes, you had the old girlfriend back, you know. It was just rehash and forced and shia, which is never, <laughs> for me, a good thing. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't let your dreams be dreams, McFall. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He said some awesome things in that thing. One of the last things being, if you're tired, uh, Jeff Randall actually told me about this. The very last thing he says, like in the video, is if you're, if you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. He said some great things. I just don't like his acting. And I didn't like his delivery and how he said those great things. Uh, but Harrison Ford being back is is exciting because God, if they tried to freaking pass the mantle to Shy, I'd been like, I'm done. And they'll never exist to me again. Chris Pratt, of course, is the the blatantly obvious choice. However, I don't believe he's in the running for young Indiana Jones, is he? No, he's not. And yeah. I think that's off the table at this point. Yeah, you, you can't pass a mantle on to somebody who's going to have to pass the mantle on in, like, two films. Oh, but, come on. He's not that old. He's, like, my age. He's, he's like, yeah. the age that Harrison Ford was when he first became. Exactly. So we got a good yeah. age. So shut up, Clot, you ages. And how long? Wait, wait. Who Who's a political candidate you're following? He will die in, like, a year. I don't want to hear it. 
Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Wait, that what? That what? has nothing to do with anything. Don't hey, bring up politics age. on this show. You're talking about age. No, but we're, you can't give, you can't pass the mantle in a role to somebody in their late 30s. That doesn't play. Well, you couldn't, you're right. You can't pass the mantle as a kid. Like, he's not the kid in the next Indiana Jones. You could reboot the franchise, I think, with Chris yeah. Pratt. You can't reboot this franchise. You you rebooted Star Trek and everybody loved it. You rebooted Star Wars. Dare Hollywood because they'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, don't go there, dude. Dude, dude, we are no. This is a minefield we're not wandering through tonight. Okay, no, (laughs) no. Don't reboot everything. The Star Trek reboot worked very subtly. It was done very well. It was done elegantly. And it was done within the confines of their own universe where they have time paradoxes. Yeah, exactly. There was foundation for that, you know? Uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, some people call it a reboot. I don't really call it a reboot. I call it a continuation. Um, The fact that it it very strongly... I call it a redemption. Yeah, that that is absolutely the truth. Um, You know, Force Awakens can be described as a rehash of A New Hope. But that's just to prove that heroic sagas are cyclical in nature anyways. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you can pass the helm of Indiana Jones off to somebody who's in their late 30s and hope to have a franchise out of it. This just in, Hollywood accepts Paul Klotz's challenge. Right? <laughs> that's what well, I need I, on a button. I need Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I mean, so so are we going to get like one of the combined universe ideas that everybody, every studio except Marvel slash Disney are trying to do now? Like everyone's like, oh, how do we make combined universes? Because uh, I heard it thrown around that Ninja Turtles was getting combined with something else in their cinematic universes and all this stuff. I can't remember exactly what it is right now, but there's definitely stuff getting thrown together. So let's just, you know, merge Indiana Jones with like National Treasure or something and have Nick Cage come oh! be. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And you're yeah. part of the problem, McFall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Shut up and take my money. Oh, God, man. I'm sorry, you just picked the wrong movie. I, was, yeah. I love National Treasure. I love Nicolas Cage and most most of his stuff. So that, that uh, that that yeah, don't, man, you just you picked the wrong film. Don't let your dreams be dreams, McFall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to grow up. We're going to steal the Constitution. I don't like snakes, but I don't find many in the tombs that I go into. Uh, Anyway, anyway, we digress. Overall, excited about this announcement? Yes, maybe. I am cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping that Spielberg has learned his lessons from his last foray into this and will make different choices. I would agree with that. Um, I have seen some stuff in relatively recent times, interviews with a few people who have admitted that Crystal Skull kind of like went way off reservation and they realized it a little bit too late in the process to like divert and it didn't resonate with audiences. So I think the, the message is pretty clear. Don't do that again. Like you don't get a second chance to destroy this franchise. Because yep. you will, you know, like you, you, you don't get to hide out in the refrigerator twice, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if they if they do something even comparable to how much of a travesty Crystal Skull was, this franchise is dead. You know, like bury it. So and- besides a lot of the obvious stuff, I, I'm I'm about to name drop. So you know, don't hate me, but you know, I have a good friend named Brian Nibbit, and he and I <laughs> he talked about this. Um, 
he he was very but as most people were they they had the problem with the aliens and i didn't have a problem with the aliens because it, everything he did even though it typically fell towards the religious aspect of stuff it was all supernatural preternatural is all outside of man essentially yep. you know so when they said aliens it didn't throw me off at all because that's what Indiana Jones does he does stuff outside of man or in the known real world at the time oh, uh, but a lot of people had a what? problem with that they said they liked the religious aspect and not that not the alien part I What's think I figured out the solution, how we get our combined universe solution to this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we, we merged this with Prometheus, and the architects are the crystal skull aliens. That, that kind of be cool. That actually... And, um, you know, we bring, we bring the not alien aliens to Earth, and everything turns into a space monster. I, just, I feel like, Carrie, where you're tricking me to come to the prom, because you're just speaking the right words to me right now, man. <laughs> you are <laughs> I thought he was going to combine it with the Da Vinci Code when you were talking the religious aspect. I thought that's where he was going, but no. Uh, Tom Hanks and Tom Harrison or Tom uh, Harrison uh, Ford. Ford. Yeah, Tom Hanks, Harrison Ford. Now, here's something that you don't Uh, often hear. I'm I'm in Charles's corner on this one. I didn't have a problem with the aliens because the way they built up those aliens, and if you know anything about that that South American culture where these crystal skulls originate from, they that's that's who their deities were. So they built a religion. So there's still a religious aspect to it. Exactly. It just so, wasn't white Anglo-American religion. Yes. Yes. No, I didn't. I didn't have a big problem with the aliens. I mean, they're a little weird. They're a little off the reservation for the franchise thus up to that point. Agreed. But I had a huge issue with Shia swinging from tree to tree like a yeah, like a roided out uh, um, Tarzan. I had yeah, there was nah, so he'd be more like Jane. Yeah. Yeah. You know and the I mean? CGI was not good in that. That oh yeah, yeah. dude. How, how do yeah. we have a Steven Spielberg big picture like that? Like a, a huge franchise with a ton of money put behind it, and get CGI that like looks like interns did it on the weekends. So and and that's maybe one of the other things that Steven Spielberg needs to not learn a lesson, but remember a lesson that he learned quite well in Jaws. You know, less is more. So let's make Shia LaBeouf yeah. Bruce, and you bring him out at the end of the movie, and that's it. <laughs> Except if you know you want to you know shoot two barrels into him. that 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 is something i do remember from being in the theaters was when they got to the climax of the film and it was just this big spinning thing and the faces of the aliens morphed around the skulls and it all just kind of disappeared i i looked at my wife we're both like what (laughs) what please charles tell us more about your experience with climaxes and in dark theaters (laughs) (laughs) full frontal nerdy that is what we promise you here I'll just get the full. <laughs> we need to move to another headline. Holy crap. And that's why you're a uh, Pee Wee Herman fan. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rubens. So here's a bunch of little bits of info to wet your whistle. I like this as a bunch of spoilers. Zack Snyder teases Wonder Woman's role in Batman versus Superman. Robert Downey Jr. talks about Civil War and Iron Man 4 and other things. So I'm just going to kind of hit some headlines, get your responses, and we're going to you know, keep it going, moving on. So Batman versus Superman. Ben Affleck says his first scene in the film is something out of a horror movie. It's exactly like Seven or Aliens or something, or something which is really different vibe. My son still watches the Adam West Batman. It's a far cry from where it started. What do you think he's gonna? What do you, what do you think he's teasing out there? I kind of feel I, like Chris Hardwick on that midnight comics. What do you think the next bad thing out of his mouth is going to be? <laughs> 
your I face. think this is where we're going to see some of the... <laughs> I think this is where we're going to see some of the, the, the Bat branding going on. I think this is where we're going to see the savage, ruthless side of Batman at the beginning. See, I don't, under, I haven't, I don't understand the idea behind branding. I mean, I understand what branding is, but why would he do it? I, I don't know. Uh, so they're promising a darker, different vibe. I'm not sure if that's going to be a good way to go. Zack Snyder says that Wonder Woman isn't in the that much of the film, but promises that she has the coolest movie moments, which is called Batman versus Superman. Why would she have the coolest moments? I mean, I'm excited about her being in there. Don't get me wrong, but because feminism. Now <laughs> shut up. Because Gal Gadot. <laughs> I'm going to be more excited to see her than the boys. I don't know about you. Oh. <laughs> Just, I know why I'm buying a ticket to see this in theaters, and it is not for either of them. Oh, I'm I'm definitely climaxes in darkened theaters. <laughs> That's a, is that the title of the show now, Chris? I think so. Ah, uh, so all right, let me put, get past all these. Oh, oh, there's this great picture. Okay, it's in here, uh, but it's, it's Batman in his full out metal suit and the kryptonite eyes, and Superman like holding his hand on his chest, and it's it's this intense scene. Somebody on the internet, because the internet can be a beautiful thing took this picture and made it the cover of of uh the notebook the notebook thank <laughs> yeah. you yes they made it the notebook and i was like that cr- cracked me up and so did you much. find yourself sprung <laughs> i'm gonna fire you from this show man <laughs> all right I'm skipping that one i don't care Do you, are, are you guys familiar with anything called the space between us or midnight special that comic this... anything that grabs your attention continue Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll pass that one. The Killing Joke. I've been hearing uh, DC yeah. on screen talk about this. Well, yeah, you talk about climaxes in dark theaters. I think we do not want to be with them when they watch this animated thing. But The Killing Joke. Mark Hamill has shared the first image from Bruce Timm's adaptation of the classic comic and reconfirmed that he will reprise the role of Joker in the future. And the animation, the, the scene, the, the thing that he tweeted out, looks really good. I mean, really well drawn, really well animated. Still has that... Uh, the animated series vibe to it, in my opinion, with a more modern animation technique and killing joke, Mark Hamill and uh, Conroy is coming yeah, back as Batman. Were you guys excited about that? I'm absolutely excited for this. I've been, I've been waiting for it. And I don't, I, I, when this story broke or when the, when the tweets hit, they kept talking about recently confirmed and it's been months that i remember them seeing that hamill and uh, conroy were going to reprise roles in it because this was the storyline that mark mark and conroy both said if you do this we'll be back yeah exactly exactly i think it's it's been recently confirmed for non-geeks because those of us who grew up with the animated series those of us who stay somewhat close to the pulse of what's happening in comics and geekdom we've known this like you say chris for a while now but i think with the explosion of uh, the force awakens and hamill tweeting it out now people are like oh my god what is this thoughts you're a little bit younger than i did you grow up watching uh the animated series batman the animated series it was a little after like it was on i didn't have cable for most of my youth okay um so i watched it here and there a couple times as a kid but not it wasn't something i watched all the time um it's good though i mean i know i remember it being really good and i've seen a few clips here and there in recent years and just been really impressed by its quality so is this something the killing joke is this something that you would grab I, i'm assuming it's gonna go to dvd yeah this is it's gonna be one of their their dvds yeah. it's on their animated movies yeah, is this something that maybe we should uh 
all get our hands on and do a breaking the panel on? Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Iron Man 4. Now, does anybody think there's going to be an Iron Man 4 with, with uh, Robert Downey nope. Jr.? Nope. 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 And that's kind of been confirmed for a while. Not confirmed officially like he came out and said it until now, more or less. But we knew after Iron Man 3, with all the Avengers movies, one, it, it works Tony, well, Tony Stark being the character, it works Robert Downey Jr. a lot, so he can't really break off and do other things. As most actors want to do, they want to do expand their roles, you know, do other things. But the other thing is, he's getting a little old for all the stunts. And the suit, I mean, the suit, from what I understand, can, the actual actor's suit can kill you. You know, like he fell over one time. This may have been one of the earlier models, but he fell over and they had to rush to get him up because the weight of the suit kind of kept him from breathing when he laid down. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of dangerous. Well, then they should get those cosplayers to make them for him because those don't <laughs> <laughs> those look good and they don't seem lethal. <laughs> you know, you're right. Uh, Robert... they're, they're less than lethal, Chris. Less than lethal. <laughs> um, I would say I would be surprised if we. Okay, how to say this? I would not be surprised if this was Robert Downey Jr.'s last film. No, I think you'd have to be in Infinity War. And he got, yeah, he's at least in part one of Infinity Gauntlet because yeah. I thought he had another. I thought in his contract he had another one. He might be, but I don't think he'll be like the driving force. I think huh. they're going to transition away from that. I could be wrong. You could be right. Um, because well. I really feel like now is the time for them to, to transition away. And I feel like that's what the, I think that's kind of the whole theme of this film. I mean, I can't wait to see this movie. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that's the direction we're moving in. So I think, uh, sorry, I think the nightmare he had in Age of Ultron is a teaser to Infinity War. Uh-huh. And I mm-hmm. think he's going to be in it. Maybe not the driving force, but and you call it Infinity Gauntlet, Chris, because like sorry. me, you're yeah. the geek <laughs> that actually read that stuff and understands what we're talking about. But unfortunately Nerd. for the. Why? <laughs> Unfortunately for the whitewashed masses, they're only calling it Infinity War Part One and Two. But that's okay, as long as they really cover all the bases, we're, we're fine. But here's what Robert says himself: He says a fourth Tony Stark movie is unlikely, describing Civil War as a character's true fourth film, which we've all said that. I mean, it's sad that this becomes a Cap film because it's really an Avengers film, or at least Cap and Iron Man. It's it's hard to make this Captain Cap America Civil War. Iron Man. Well, at least they didn't say V, so I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> here's what he Can't says v i oh shut up i don't think that's in the cards in a way it's cap three but for me it's like my little iron man four is that what he calls his yeah i think so yeah and then it's back to the thing we all recognize everything pulls over to the side of the road when the thunder of an avengers thing comes through because that's how it is until it changes if it changes that's from usa today where he quoted that Captain America's Civil War, here's the teaser you were talking about, uh, Chris, before before the show. The Russo brothers took to Facebook to tease the sound mixing of the film and in the process, teasing an extended version of the scene where General Ross discusses the collateral damage caused by Avengers action. Also, the Vision is in a business suit. That's that's what's important. It's business time. (laughs) Hey, he's not wearing, we're not talking about his socks, we're talking about his suit, bud. You know it's time for business when Vision is down to his business socks. <laughs> All right. Uh, one of my favorite actors, Eddie McClintock, who's well-known for Warehouse 13, and he made an appearance as a Cree on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's actually going to be hitting 
Supergirl. Well, I hope maybe not hitting, but he'll be in <laughs> Supergirl as Colonel James Harper making his debut in next week's episode. In the comics, Harper is a cop rather than a military figure. He's the alter ego of the superhero superhero guardian, a Captain America-esque shield-wearing hero. Yeah, nobody ever borrows from each other, ever. <laughs> who operated at peak human strength and ability. Agility, rather, sorry. There's no direct confirmation that Harper will become his heroic identity just yet, but don't be surprised if there's more to his appearance next week going forward. Discuss. I'm hoping this leads to Cadmus Project and Supergirl, but... That might get me interested in Supergirl. <clears throat> you need to get interested in Supergirl. I don't know, man. There, there, are, there, there are big problems at times, but overall the show's good and it's fun. I know Mike's, Mike's all about it. He loves it. DC on screen's been up and down with it. Clots, I don't even think you've watched it, have you? No. Yeah, <laughs> I... I I will. I promise to give it a shot. I'm not poo-pooing on it, but I can just say from the stories and from the reviews and from the commercials, it's not grabbing me. But if you start talking about adding Eddie McClintock as an ongoing character, that will grab me. If you, you bring in more superheroes like this, that will grab me. Cadmus Project will grab me. Flash crossover? I don't care. Oh, I mean, you should care. I oh, love the Flash, care. but to me it's just a, it's, it's a TV version of a cash grab. It's just a, hey, look, we've got somebody everybody likes on our show. Now it feels well, like our show. But the thing is, is in the reasoning behind having him appear, doing it with a Flash crossover versus a Green Arrow crossover is because they introduced the multi, they, they said that there was a lack of, Flash, right. a lack, right. And there's a lack of Superman in the Flash and Arrow world. Right. So, you bring, you, so to me, what that does is that opens the door to wide. So we might start seeing a Superman now on flash or green arrow at least be there's there's that opening okay. and if, if you bring the cadmus project into it then that's how you bring superman into the show because you can introduce superboy on supergirl and still not have to touch superman true i always <laughs> want Superdog. you want crypto i'm, I'm crypto. in i'm in walking dead steven yoon hypes up the arrival of negan on the show discussing the character's unpleasant relationship with glenn in the comics <laughs> and you don't even need to know this chris you being the resident expert on Walking Dead, fill us in on Negan and his what's going to happen next. All right. Well, I, I've been I've been led to believe that I'm not allowed to say the f word, so I can't appropriately discuss Negan. <laughs> at least <laughs> at least five or six of them rattled off in the next thirty seconds. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Instead of using the f word, replace it with Scarlet Spider. Go. <laughs> Look, Scarlet Spider, idiot. Scarlet Spider. <laughs> Bash your scarlet spidering head Is in. he that bad? Is Negan that bad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, I, I think he's probably military because I drop the F-bomb 45 times a day in conversations with anybody. Don't, don't be a civilian and come talk to me when I'm in uniform. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> don't introduce me to your kids. Mike, <laughs> <laughs> clip that. Let's put that on a button. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is going to be excited. Has anybody seen the 1973 film by Michael Crichton called Westworld? I've seen it once a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah, me too. I was a child. What about you, Klaus? Did you get to see it? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So, moving on. Now, J.J. Abrams confirms that he doesn't intend to return for future Star Wars films, saying he's currently focusing on the, uh, it's in hiatus right now, but on the new Westworld. J.J. Abrams is taking this idea He's wanted to work on for so long since he actually met Michael Crichton, who wrote and directed the original film. 
and it's going to take a long time to get going. So he's actually going back to what I consider JJ's roots of finding that offbeat individual project, making it his own and pushing it, pushing it down all of his throat and making a lot of money doing so. I was a little disappointed to hear that. Yeah, he came back and he brought Star Wars back. And then now we're going to get a whole nother director. And it's like, but I just started to like you, stepdaddy. Now I get a new stepdaddy. I understand. <laughs> well, there was like, who was it? It was it. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Scotty. Duhan or uh, you're talking yep. about the, the new Scotty. Um, yep. Shaun of the Dead. Come yeah. on, Clots. And I hate myself. Everybody's yeah. screaming at us. Yeah. You've got red on. <laughs> What's oh. this <laughs> ah! I see his his scarlet spider face. Uh, yes. Anyway, Scotty, we'll just call him that for now. He wrote a lot of this. Simon Pegg. Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Yes, thank you. God, you guys are pathetic. You yeah, sat you there and watched it happen. Ago, oh yeah, I like to watch the world burn once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, I, he, I I just got back with my marshmallows. Come on, <laughs> let's waffle some more about one of the biggest personalities in nerd culture. Come on, worth, hey, right. that was worth a quarter portion at least. Anyway, oh, <laughs> he um I I remember not too long ago I read an article with him where he said that that uh, JJ is pretty pretty crestfallen about not taking the opportunity to direct the next Star Wars movie, but it did take a lot out of him to do this one just with the expectation games. And, and, you know, worrying about fan reaction. But after the movie came out, it was such a success. JJ was kind of like, man, I wish I was on board for the next one. Mm. So, like, uh, for the third one, we get you, Bull, right? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> you are the problem now, sir. You are the problem. Because <laughs> well, he, he gives zero fricks about any fan expectations. So he'd be largely immune to whatever disappointment or excitement is out there. Um, I think he gives zero Fs about any expectations to include investor expectations. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, no, he, he, he doesn't care what anyone thinks, uh, which is, uh, which is good because nobody thinks much. JJ. Yay. So here's, here's some cool news. Now we've already seen some Twitters come out from uh, Chris's boyfriend. We, we saw some what? Twitters. Some Twitters come out. No, that's not what they're called. No. Thor. Thor and X-Men First Class co-writer Zach Steins has been confirmed as the writer for the as-yet-untitled episode directed by Kevin Smith. So this is going to be interesting. So I very much liked X-Men First Class. I liked Thor. Uh, So I'm very excited to see. I love The Flash. I like Kevin Smith. Don't hit me, Chris. You got first dibs. But I like what Kevin Smith does. (laughs) So I'm very excited about this yet. Actually, it's, it's titled. And in the picture, they have the pen over the title, so you can't see the title. But uh, that's, what do you guys think about, that That seems like a powerhouse episode. A movie writer and a movie director doing a TV episode. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for it because it's, it's, it's a passion project for Kevin, so I know he's going to do well. But yeah. in the past, Kevin has always been apprehensive about directing other people's scripts. Because he's, he's like... It's it's hard to do that, and he's always been apprehensive about doing action. You know, he said my green my uh, my Green Hornet movie would be them ducking behind cover and bullshitting it for an hour and a half, <laughs> and then popping out for a second to shoot somebody or do a karate chop. But I'm I'm I can't I, I can't be more excited about this episode. And he just tweeted out today a picture of him and Jay in front of Jitter's coffee shop. So I'm hoping there's a cameo. Yeah, like, they don't have so to say fun. anything. Just as long as they're there. 
just in a passing shot, you catch him in the, the freeze frame. That would yep, be exactly. that would be good. I would like that. I'm gonna skip once upon a time because I don't care about that. Aces of Shield. Images from the episode Watchdogs have been released. And that's about the end of that. I don't really care why they read that. Now here's something interesting. Gotham. Finally, TV Insider has revealed the first look at Paul Rubin's appearance in the show as Elijah Vandal, the long-lost father of the Penguin. So Paul Rubens is going to be the father of the Penguin, and that guy who's the actor that plays the Penguin on Gotham, excellent, excellent guy. Oh, yeah. Amazing stuff. So what do you guys think about it? looks, I mean, the image-wise, it looks like a good fit. And what I've seen of the Penguin and know of Paul Rubin's acting style, that seems like a good fit as well. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited about that too. But... Yeah, super awesome. Cool. So now with all that excitement being done, yeah. uh, there's another link here, Paul. What is this? It's Bitly link. I didn't put that in there. Oh, oh you're it's highlighting the same. it. It's the same. Oh, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So Legends of Tomorrow, I've been watching the TV show. It's okay. I think DC on screen said it best. Jason Goss himself said it best. It just needs to do something. And actually, they said that about Luther, but I apply that to, to Legends of Tomorrow. This is the last two episodes, however, really good. They really did something there. Brought this comic element, time pirates. This, it really was good. It was really comic booky to me. I very much enjoyed the last couple of episodes. So I'm very excited to see where they're going. However, that's not what this article is all about. I'm excited to say we actually are covering some comic book news today. Though Legends of Tomorrow number one shares the same title as CW's latest DC television show, it barely resembles its namesake. Built as a four-story anthology from a myriad of talented creators, and I'll give you the writers, and of course you can go to the link, we're going to have it. It's the second story down in this article, and you can see who does the art and lettering and everything else. But the writers are... Gary Conway or Jerry G E R R Y Jerry Conway and Jerry Aaron Lopresti Keith Giffen and Lynn Wine are the writers. They're going to do this. They're going to it's it's going to be this anthology that gives some of DC lesser known heroes some time center stage with fast paced mini stories highlighting some B and C listers. So it's not going to be drawn out. It's just going to be hit it and you get to learn something about these guys and hopefully fall in love with them. And it's going to be cool i'm very excited to see this what chris and clots is the history of tv shows then becoming comic books as versus the other way around well if the tv show is successful they always do a comic book run off of it if, if it's a comic book property then they'll do one within that within and how do well do they usually do do you think uh it depends there's been some uh, was it alias did really well fireflies done did well okay. uh there's been a few others that uh, uh, Smallville. Smallville is a good example. Season eleven is, it, it, I, I believe, it's still in print. Is was an ongoing comic series. Did so, they do uh, it see, like season nine of Buffy that way too? Yep. The TV uh-huh. show ended, and they did that, and that did well. Yep. Well, you know, maybe this but, will do well as there. As well. There, there is some precedence for good things. Yeah. There's also some precedence for some bad things because there have been some <laughs> books based oh, yeah. on TV shows that were train wrecks. So that and there's just tv shows based on books that were train wrecks as well uh but it, there's lots of there's lots of article to read here you guys anybody who wants to can go and read it and get into it 
I think I think the concept's exciting. I love anthologies. I love when you take one concept and have different writers and different artists tackle it. It's always kind of interesting to me to see the different interpretations. It's not obviously the same story, but it's this idea of what Legends of Tomorrow is. But it wraps up here saying Legends of Tomorrow may not look anything like its TV counterpart, which is kind of a good thing because that should stay its own entity in my my opinion. But that might be actually for the best. Though the Legends of CW TV were threaded into the CW verse through their respective shows, the Legends here are lesser known DC staples that are ripe for the kind of resurgence this anthology can offer. Though the weekly format quickly feels boorish, the unending and unending Legends of Tomorrow number one makes great use of format that DC could and should be using to its advantage more often as a wealth of characters that are just itching to be made use of. And Legends of Tomorrow is a fun step in the right direction for all those lost or forgotten DC heroes of yesteryear. And I like it just because I can easily grab it, read it, and get exposed to a lot of DC info that I would not have had otherwise. I see Metamorpho and Metal Men. I'm, I'm excited. I can't get enough Metal Men. All right. There you go. Uh, so we have some other discussions. Uh, you know what? You brought these. Let's, let's let you take over. Well, one of the big things that was circulating today is that Deadpool has broke 700 million box office and therefore has surpassed Iron Man in box office earnings, which is a huge deal. Because it is rated R. Super penis. <laughs> and that is awesome. I mean, wait. Unless you guys have something to chime in on that, it's just something I kind of wanted to mention throughout there. So congratulations to Ryan yeah. Reynolds and all the people that rallied behind that film. You guys did an awesome job. And you're you're really setting pace for what can be done with that corner of the market. Um, you're making history and changing the future in a good way. Wanted to talk a little bit about Gotham, too. Uh, Gotham, having come back from the break, uh, picking up in really interesting ways. I don't know if any of you guys are watching it. Of course. No, I'm uh, way behind, but go ahead and knock it out. Spoil it. Oh, away. man. It is. Well, I'm not going to spoil it much other than to say that, um, you know, uh, having Strange around is really interesting and exciting. I thought you were going to uh, say it was Strange. <laughs> so how is B.D. Wong in that role? Oh, he's great. I mean, B.D. Wong is a talented guy. He, um, he brings a, gra- a certain level of gravitas. And um, like he he he's one of the more comic booky of the characters in the in the show, you know, and I like it like I like the way he plays it. He plays it like a comic book and I love it. Um, but they're they're really hyping up the villains right now. I forget what the what's the catchphrase, Chris, for this part of the season. Uh, is it? It's not not revenge of the vi- villains. It's like the wrath of the villains the or something. Like was, the first half was rise of the villains. Wrath, wrath of the villains. I think. Yeah, it, which is really interesting. Um, Cobblepot has been going through some really interesting stuff. Uh, he, the the episode that just came out, he's been released from Arkham, supposedly cured of his insanity, um, which cannot mean good things at all for anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so the the big thing I wanted to shout out here is, you know, I know it doesn't get as much love from this show, but I honestly think it is one of the best shows on TV right now. And it's not even because it's a comic show. Like I argue that Flash is the best of the comic shows, yeah. but Gotham is a really phenomenal show and it doesn't fall in any, into any of the tropes that the other shows tend to like. It doesn't fall into the CW like pit that all the CW properties do. Mm-hmm. 
um, where they get a little too teen drama y at times. Like, I, I still enjoy them immensely, but the will they, won't they, oh, they're together, they're apart, you know, all of that crap that mm-hmm. comes out of the CW circle, you don't see any of that in Gotham. Uh, it's dark, it's gritty, it, it asks real questions, it explores the deep, gritty parts of the characters themselves. Like, I mean, without giving too much away, Bruce finally finally finds out who murdered his parents and confronts said individual. And it's a phenomenal scene. Um, that's the most recent thing. Uh, and the results of it are are pretty remarkable. And just watching like young Bruce Banners, uh Bruce Wayne. Or yeah. Yeah, burn Holy guy. Crap. That was, that, that, <laughs> that's how it oh feels. See, see, class, my secret is I'm always wrong. That's how I keep my no, strength. I know. I'm always I am wrong. so thoroughly embarrassed right now. And as I said it, I paused because I was like, <gasps> I screwed up. I, I am I'm a little overtired. That's why I, I'm a little little awkward. But um yeah, so this show is phenomenal. Uh really great exploration of the characters and uh Mr. Wayne's uh development has been fantastic. And I'm really excited to basically watch that young actor grow up on the show. You know what I mean? Like because he's kind of he's already like sprouted a few inches and like you know start starting to fill out physically as a person as child actors tend to do when they're on a serious show like this that does a lot of episodes uh so it's really like i'm like oh man we're really watching like batman we're watching batman grow up it's great here's my the only problem that i have consistently with gotham is we we talked about it on a show before how when you see a, a, a hero fight a villain constantly over and over and over again the storyline gets old because you're like you're not very good at your job if you keep fighting these villains and they keep coming back and mm-hmm. now you're put in a position where not only is he fighting the same villains over and over and over again and they keep coming back but they're like 60 years old and this guy's supposed to be the peak of of human endurance and physicality why can't he put 60 year olds away because by the time he gets to batman all of these guys are going to be 60 years old you know what i'm going Cause you can't <laughs> shoot him on the head carl <laughs> carl doesn't work that way, Carl. Ask the Punisher. It does. Uh, that's true. Um, no, because you're wrong, Chris. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I mean, like I understand what you're saying, and I could go into the whole argument of, well, it's not because they're physically powerful; it's because they're smart and devious, and they well, don't think rationally. You yes. know, because they're crazy lunatics. Yeah, um, Alzheimer should be well, Alzheimer's I... affecting a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> so here's well, my. Here's my, my explanation to my 10-year-old, 9-year-old daughter who asked what the difference between an anti-hero and a bad guy was. Because I, I don't remember. It wasn't the Punisher, but I don't remember exactly who I was saying. Talking about. It's like they're an anti-hero. She's like, How's that not a bad guy? I said, bad guys, good guys play by the rules, right? They're doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, and they'll sacrifice themselves for the betterment of mankind. And they have rules, and they protect people. Bad guys just want to watch the world burn or do whatever the hell they want to do and they play by no rules then the anti-hero is in between where he plays by the bad guy's rules he doesn't do good things for good reasons he does the wrong thing for the right reasons like he sees this as a way to protect what he needs protecting and he'll do things good guys won't so my thing with this argument is with bad guys the reason that batman just can't he's not good at his job he still plays by rules now there are different rules in the police but he still plays by rules. He will still lock them up in Arkham knowing full well that that thing has more holes in it than a Republican candidate. 
I'm just saying. It is bad. <laughs> Shut up. I made my own good. Mm. Is that, I got is, that a, I got is that a Marco Rubio joke? <laughs> you fill in the gaps however you want to fill in the gap. I'd rather but, not. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he will play by the rules every time. And that's why you will always have that same storyline over and over. And the thing is, too, like with the Joker, why doesn't the Joker just kill Batman? Because we know he can't. Why doesn't the Joker just blow up everybody Batman's ever known? Because we know he can't. It's because it's the cat and mouse thing. It's not about with the Joker and with Batman. It's not about the end game. It's about playing the game for the Joker and about playing by the rules for Batman. And, and and I get that, but I I I was being more funny that all of these villains are going to be so much older than Batman. By the <laughs> well, time yeah, that was something I thought was interesting too in the TV show. But, yeah. but I will say this in in regards to that classic argument: um, persistent vegetative state isn't dead. So <laughs> 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 do what you will with that, Batman. I'm just saying, persistent vegetative state is not dead. Now, Clutch, <laughs> Clutch, I have an issue with Smallville. Being that I watched that thing for, I know it went on for 10 or 11 seasons, whatever it did. I watched it for seven or eight before I finally gave up. Going, when the hell are we going to get the cape? When the hell are we going to get the real powers? When the hell are you going to man the hell up, Tom Wells, and be Superman and not little pansy boy on the farm? Well, that that's... being said, do you think they'll actually do Batman on Gotham? No. Then why the hell do I want to watch? it's not a batman show okay you you watched smallville for the wrong reasons man smallville was a loosely based on a comic book property very loosely based but it had a great opening situational teen rom-com gotham is gotham took is has taken batman's rogues gallery and it's like, you know what, what happens when these characters are up and coming before the Batman is the great threat that he becomes later, before their entire world start to revolve around each other? That's yeah. what Gotham is exploring. And to be and, fair, Gotham only took the last seven villains that haven't already appeared on Arrow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, true. that's true as well. I mean, well, because there's so much overlap between Arrow and uh, Batman. Both in style, theme, and a lot of the Not villains. Not in so. universes, and it should be. But um, I mean, you could totally with the age. Well, the age difference is probably a little too big, but closer in age difference because Ollie was older than Batman, and in some of the stories that I read and watched, you could put the universe of Arrow in the universe of Gotham easily. They just won't do it because it's. It's Fox no, versus CW, no. I think. It's not a Ber- Gotham's it's, not Berlanti either. It's not it? the same. No, it's this is this is a Batman show firmly rooted in Batman's history, not so much a DC comic show. Gotcha. That's the thing. I mean, like this isn't a comic show at all. And that's why I'm loving it, because it's it doesn't have the gratuitous it, it's kind of like oh man, I'm trying to like I'm trying to think of a show that I would just, you know, compare it to. I mean, it's got a little bit of your, you know, your, um, what is it? Like your law and order aspect to it. You know, your cop, um, procedural. Procedural. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also got this like kind of game of thronesy, like exploration of characters. Maybe that's not the right show to really peg it to, but like, cause there's not like, there's not characters dying left and right per se. But they're digging in. They're digging deep, man. They're really exploring these characters. They're exploring their motivations. What makes them tick? 
how they interact with the world. You know, um, the, this past, this week's episode, Monday night's episode, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 16th, by the way, um, had a guest spot, you know, from, a somebody who used to be a lot more famous about 20 years ago, um, who was fantastic and basically had some of the best dialogue on the show yet, which was very Joker-esque. Just basically saying like, you know, I like to be, you know, an agent of chaos or an element of chaos, which was really fun. Um, and that's a lot of what the show is, is that it explores the different characters like motivations. And I dig it like in a big way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Gotham's a great show, man. Like, you're really missing out. Like if you're watching it, waiting for Batman to be Batman, you're not you're never going to get that payoff. You're never going to get that uh, that money shot you so desperately desire. I gave you might. My, I gave my time to Tom Wells. I don't, you know, with with your description of it, it does give me. And I have watched a few episodes. The episodes did grab me. They were good. The reason I stopped watching and the reason I'm behind is because I got in late on Hulu, and with the con TV contracts, they started dropping off the episodes. And I'm absolutely all about watching this kind of thing in order. I think so, yeah. the Gotham's on who on. I Netflix. think it's on Netflix now. Yeah, yeah. Well, now now see now the problem is managing time between the network and and watching shows. I do most of my stuff in games versus shows or on my tablet watching you know, reading comics. So. Oh, I got you. So. Paul, he's got excuses. See, yeah, right. he does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what did we say earlier? First, last man in, first man out. No, you, you fired Paul. Fired. Remember, you fired Paul. No take back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have plot armor, so no. <laughs> yes. Nicely played, sir. Nicely played. No, I'd love, I, man. When we get a full official HR department, the rules that are going to be written are so freaking awesome. Plot <laughs> armor can be played. It's going to be like a creating card game for getting hired and fired. All right, I've got plot armor. You can't fire me this week. You just <laughs> activated Charles' trap card. <laughs> Force of will. No. Uh, so, right. um, <laughs> what else are we reading, watching, or playing, gentlemen? Well, I'll jump in. Uh, I just mentioned what I'm playing. Uh, Force of Will card game, similar to Magic. I've been playing that uh, for about the last year or so. A uh, new set just came out this past week. It's been a lot of fun. been rocking that out. Um, World's Finest drops this week for Dice Masters, um, which is like whatever. But I guess because I like <laughs> Dice Masters, I'll buy it. Me thinks um, that the lady doth protest too much. Yes! <laughs> I agree. Me thinks, shut up. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good day, sir. Your mom. It's a, it's a good day. Um, yeah, so uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, oh, the new wave of Star uh, Star Wars X-Wing miniatures just came out with uh, the Rogue ship. Um, the, oh, man, what is it? Punishing One, Mest Hunter, and the um, Inquisitor's Interceptor from... Rebels, yeah. I, I heard a lot of gibberish. I don't know. Yeah. That well, you know, that's deep geek for me. I was like, mm. uh, Punishing One and Mist Hunter are uh, bounty hunter ships from, from Empire. So, you know, I mean, they were never actually in it, but they got fleshed out in graphics for the uh, Decipher CCG back in the 90s. Oh, I'm so sure. I mean, I'm sure it's all good. It was like, yeah, that went deep waters for me. I, I got to stay up here on the boat, man. The, the oxygen <laughs> tanks for you guys. Yep. Uh, to continue, uh, punishing one being Dengar's vessel, and Mist Hunter being Chris. Help me here. 
the uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. That's that's not IG eighty eight, is it? No, that's IG two thousand. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember his name. Is it Bosch? No, it's not Bosch. No, uh, Forlone. I mean, my Bosch, fuego. Bosch is Houndstooth. Um, Zuckus. Zuckus is. Zuckus. That's Houndstooth. right. Yeah. yeah, I could see him, but yeah. in my mind, but I, I could, yeah. Yep. So Zuckus. Um, you know, cool stuff. Good time. Good time to be a nerd. Lots of lots of things to waste my hard-earned paychecks on. Mm-hmm. Um, ouch. You know, honestly, I, I'm ready for come out and play. You know, we need to get that support at Patreon.com. Oh yeah, I have zero time to work on that show. Don't don't roll no, me under no, the bus. I, you, damn, you, you just rude, totally dude. stepped on a natural way to promote our Patreon to get you paid, so we can get that show going. And now oh, yeah. you cry, baby, it out. That's smooth. Thank that's you. Smooth. I was yeah. go to Patreon.com for slash breaking the panel. Support the show so we can get Claude some time. To get that show going. But you really should. Breaking the panel on Patreon.com. We really could use your support and really grow the show. And honestly, you hear you hear how Chris and Klotz are talking about this stuff. I know there's a bunch of you guys out there and ladies out there who are going, oh my God, that's the coolest stuff. And they're yelling out what the X-Wing, whatever, Blue Boss is for. You guys would love <laughs> come out what? and play that these guys yes. need to do. To go you get some- blue balls when you can't climax in a dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that a Paul Rubens joke? Uh, I, no, I don't. I just don't know oh. what you're talking about. Oh no! But I'm saying the you show that-, that past it. Oh man, that's ancient history. <laughs> Dude, I was. It was current history for me. I was. I was old enough to know what was going on when that happened. Uh, well, the theater with him. <laughs> <laughs> we established you have a windowless panel van last week. Don't push the line, sir. Don't push the line. So <laughs> I've got candy, whatever. <laughs> uh, that reminds me, I do have a question to ask you after the show. Uh, not about <laughs> about Pokemon and the store you referred to. What's, Nobody what's cares. What's the most here. convincing message to paint on the outside of the van? <laughs> oh Lord. All right, all right, all right. So patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. Patreon because uh, Klotz has Ash Ketchum's disease. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And also, you, and especially with guests like Chris or co hosts like Chris and a bunch of other people, it'd be, it's going to be an amazing show. Come out and play all about gaming, mostly tabletop gaming, but going into other areas. It's Geek just going to be about galore. gaming. It, 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 it's, yeah. It lacks focus, but who cares? We're just right. Fun stuff. It is. It's going to be fun stuff. And I would even come and play with you. And learn some things and be mocked mercilessly. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, well, if, if you could say mercilessly correctly, maybe you wouldn't get mocked so much. <laughs> if you could say paycheck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I often do every other week. Yeah, I, know. You, I, don't, I can't hold that over you now because you actually you have a good job now. Uh, Chris, what are you watching, playing, reading? Uh, just watching all the comic stuff that's on and uh, reading comics. I just walking dead right now because some of the other stuff i read is uh the mini series are over waiting for the next uh issue of dark knight 3 to come out um playing marvel uh avengers alliance Ugh. and oh well and you know what i got my kid hooked uh just busted out the atari 2600 this last week and the kid is a natural and he's going nuts over centipede awesome so. awesome i just watched pixels in it's an adam sandler movie so take that for the grain of salt in the world of Adam Sandler movies, 
I thought it was a fun movie. I very much. Oh it. no, 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 no. End the show. End the show. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, Shut folks. Up. This is the last episode of breaking the panel. Somebody kill uh, that beach. And on because... that note, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sure, you guys. I liked it. But I'm very that's awesome, man. Tare is a great place to, to start the kids for sure. Uh, very, very fun stuff. I've been playing Pokemon with my kids, and actually, it's, it's pretty fun, pretty cool deck building game. Uh, I'm still working on that Rise of the Tomb Raider on my Xbox. Love that game. Getting caught up on a Crisis of Infinite Earths because we're. Did I say it wrong again? Nope, you're good. Okay. I thought you were like, oh, damn nope. it. Uh, no, so Crisis of an Infinite Earths. Because we're going to be doing a great special panel by panel featuring Chris Wisdom on that DC property. So that's coming up very soon. That's going to be cool. And here's one more I'm the problem moment before we get out of the show. So Stephen Amell has said many times, because it's a CW property, he would love to have an Arrow Supernatural crossover. And I mean, it went, shut up and take my money. Because I love Supernatural, and I love Supernatural way more than I love The Flash. So that get out, awesome. get <laughs> do not pass go. Collect zero dollars. Get the flip out. <laughs> oh, on that note, you can find us over at GiantSizeTeamUp.com forward slash breaking the panel. You can find us on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash breaking the panel. We are on every week. We want to hear what's good for you guys. We're working on the email. I haven't written it down. That's that's my fault. But we're getting the email up there. We're going to get a Facebook page going. But until then, just keep tuning in. Subscribe to iTunes. Tell your friends. Get the word out. Because just like Deadpool, we want to break Iron Man's record at the box office. So until next week, I'm the problem, bitches. Bye. I didn't say it. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team Up.